0: TG Geeks, episode 181, August 6th, 2018. What do the atomic number 29 and an ancient Hopi fertility god have in common? And welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery, sci-fi, comics, film, horror genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane, and we're coming to you from TG Squared
1: Studios in lovely Phoenix, Arizona, the Copper State. And I'm Ben Raginton, also coming to you from the very same room where Keith was tickling himself <laughs> with silly things to say, that is being Phoenix, Arizona. Yes,
0: the, the atomic number 29 is the t- atomic number for copper. Oh, wow, I'm impressed. And the ancient Hopi fertility god is Coco Pele. And we're going to talk about the uh, Coco Con coming up. So... Talk to Hal Astell, who is one of the co-chairs for that, and we're just going to get right to it. And this time we've got Hal Astell with us. He is the co-chair of CocoCon. A, 2018. Uh, 2018. A convention that is a, 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 a combination of uh, two different organizations, or three different organizations, isn't it? Three? Hal, three, Two one
2: oh no two. <laughs> it is two <laughs> two <laughs>
0: yeah so we he is the co-chair we're here to talk about that convention what's going on with that and what we can expect for that and uh give a little push for that so welcome to the show hal
2: thank you very much thanks for having me
0: yeah so tell us what is coco con and how did it come about i i know that it It has grown out of a couple of conventions, so give us a a little history, and then uh, we'll talk about this year.
2: Sure. The reason we set it up, because it's year one this year, technically, year one for CocoCon, we set it up because it was looking increasingly like we were going to have no science fiction fantasy conventions in the fifth biggest city in the U.S., which seemed a little ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, We have three really ongoing. We have uh, Leprechaun, which has been going since 1975, uh, but it was looking like that was going to be something different for a couple of years. We have Coppercon, which has been running since 1981, but that hasn't happened for a few years. And we have Darkcon, which has been going since 1995, but isn't every year anyway, and again, hasn't happened for a few years, and they were having trouble trying to find somebody to run one. So we were looking like we weren't going to have anything. So I went to the Western SFA, who is a group that used to run a lot of conventions here in town, but hasn't for a while. Most of what they do nowadays is online uh, reviews, things like that, and got them to set up a new Con Capelli. And that was their West, the name of their Westicon in 2005. So we were going to bring that back, and it was going to be, hey, a science fiction fantasy convention here in Phoenix. Make sure we didn't do without uh... we then got capitalists involved who ran coppercon so it became a joint effort both uh... groups are uh, jointly sponsoring putting money in and hopefully at the end of the day when we're very successful fingers crossed uh... taking some money out and keeping them in good financial state so we can have another one Absolutely. Uh, then of course leprechaun changed and we now have a leprechaun we had it a few weeks ago so in the end we've now got two Uh, science fiction fantasy conventions this year, and next year we may well have three because we're going to have a Leprechaun and a uh, a CocoaCon and a DarkCon because now they've got up and running. So uh, uh, maybe what we did triggered everything to get back on track. I have no idea.
0: Well, that sounds great. So um, you had mentioned CASFIS and uh, another organization. For those people that are listening that don't know what those organizations are, can you elaborate on that so that they could understand that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, Western SFA is the Western Science Fiction Association. And they are a group here in Phoenix that is a 501c3 nonprofit. And their remit is to promote the arts and sciences. They used to do that by running a whole bunch of conventions. Uh, They ran, as I say, a WesterCon, but they also ran gaming conventions, then anime conventions, all sorts of other things. And mostly nowadays, they are online. They run the Nameless Zine, which is a monthly publication, mostly of book reviews, uh, with some film reviews and other things. CASFIS is the, uh, let me get this right, the Central Arizona Speculative Fiction Society.
1: That's correct. They
2: they are also a local 501c3 nonprofit organization with the same remit. And they've been running pretty much since uh, the the end of the 70s. Their first convention was 81, that was CopperCon. And they ran 34 CopperCons through until 2004. Uh, So both groups are very much uh, in this vein, and we have called ourselves Cococon as a merger of the names. It's a CopperCon and it's a Concapelli. So we've got the CO from CopperCon, we've got the KO from Concapelli, and we're a Con. So, hey, Cococon.
0: Hey. Why not? No kidding. <laughs> so tell us where where is this going to happen, when is it going to happen, and then we'll talk about some of the special activities and guests that you have.
2: Absolutely. It's the Doubletree by Hilton Phoenix North, which is over at Metro Center. It's right off I-17 on Peoria. Uh, very, very easy to get to. It is a hotel. Uh, This is a a small, traditional science fiction fantasy convention. These tend to be in hotels. Uh, Rooms are available, $92 a night, and we will be over the Labor Day weekend. So, uh, Friday to Monday, four days, August 31st to September 3rd.
0: Yeah, we we have uh, rented a suite there, so we're going to have things set up to... uh Do some uh, hospitality stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully some
1: interviews of guests and or con goers while we're there as well. Yes. So what's what's going to be the focus for this? Because I know that um, like Leprechaun really tries to be uh, very uh, literary focused. And in the past, CopperCon was trying to branch out more into the media aspect uh in terms of fandom so what can fans who are attending CocoCon what can they expect in terms of uh the the primary focus
2: well the primary focus is on books and authors actually leprechaun since about leprechaun 7 has had a focus more on art and CopperCon had a focus on authors now, both conventions do all of the usual things you'll expect to find at a science fiction fantasy convention. So you'll have an art show and a dealer's room and parties and panels and guests of honor and filk and all the things you, you would expect. But uh, Leprechaun has a slight focus on art. We have a slight focus on books and authors. And that's something we kept on as we expanded forward from CopperCon. So you will generally see at a Leprechaun uh, an two artist guests of honor and one author guest of honor. It's not always that way, but that's generally how it works. And we have it the other way around. So we have two author guests of honor and an artist guest of honor.
0: Cool. So who are those guests of honor? We know one.
2: We we know one of (laughs) them. We are very proud to have uh, Harry Turtledove as our author guest of honor. He's the master of alternate history. If you think back to all the things that could have been different in history, whether it be the Confederates winning the American Civil War, the Nazis winning the Second World War, or all sorts of more obscure uh, points in history. If they went just a little differently, what would have happened? Uh, He does a lot of novels like that. He has uh, over a hundred books out, and he's a very, very well-regarded author. So we're bringing him out from California. Very happy to have him. And our local author guest of honor is Beth Cato, who is a steampunk author. She's much newer. Uh, she's got four novels out at present. There's a duology and a trilogy, the third of which will be, uh, I think it's released in October. Right. So shortly after Con, but the first two are out, and they are absolutely incredible. Uh, Harry's won pretty much every award in the book. Uh, Beth has been Nebula-nominated and uh, Locus-nominated.
0: Yeah, I, I, we've talked about uh, before, and I, I love her work. I, have, I haven't read any of Harry Turtle's. So I have to Mm-mm. pick some up before the con and read that furiously before we get there. So, but you, you are an author yourself, aren't you?
2: I am. I write nonfiction at present. I, I always wanted to write fiction, but it, it didn't quite work. Uh, it always became a little bit experimental when I look back at it. But I fell into nonfiction. I'm a film critic, and I have five books on film out. Sixth is due. <laughs> well, it's overdue, but uh, it will be. It will be out very shortly. Uh, yeah. And I will. I do have a novel on the, the back burner. I've just got to find the time to sit down and write it.
0: Right. So who is the? Uh, you have a an artist guest of honor as well. You said.
2: We do. And that's Steve Rude. He's, uh, a, again, a local guy from Arizona, but he's worthy of being an artist guest of honor rather than a local artist guest of honor. He's a huge name, mostly in the comic book industry, uh, but he does fine art as well. He's worked for everybody from Marvel and DC through Dark Horse and Image down to you know the, the Indies. And he's won pretty much every award there is. Uh, various Eisner awards he's won a kirby award a harvey and inkpot you know when it, when there's an award available to uh the comic book art industry uh, he's won it
1: great how did you uh become the co-chair for something like this
2: well initially i was the chair because when we were going to do a new concapelli i was going to be the chair Uh, But when we brought CASFIS in, uh, it's very much an equal partnership. We're putting the same amount of money in, hopefully taking Uh. the same amount of money out. Uh, Both groups are very involved, so we have a a CASFIS chair as well. So I'm technically the Western SFA chair, and Mark Benice is the CASFIS chair. And Mark's incredibly experienced. He's run more conventions, I think, here in Phoenix than anybody else, uh, certainly in the science fiction fantasy world. I
1: I suspect that there are a lot of con goers that have absolutely no idea whatsoever in terms of what is involved in putting something like this together. So, uh, like, how how does uh, CocoCon come about in terms of, you know, structuring the event, finding – a venue to place it at, uh, contacting guests. I mean, wh- what's what's the process in doing something like that? Because I, I got a fi- funny feeling that, you know, a lot of people who go to cons, you know, they're, they're, there's always going to be your naysayers. There's always going to be those people who just kind of, you know, complain about, oh, I wish this con were more like this other kind of con I want here. And they have absolutely no idea what is involved and the, the difficulties that, Organisers have to go through. So, could you kind of like maybe shed some light on that?
2: Oh, you've got a, you've got about three or four podcasts just on that. If you want to But <laughs> it. it, it is very very involved. It's a very team effort. Um, the chairs sort of direct, but the the sponsoring bodies are very involved. Make sure everything's on track. And we really need to work with the voice of experience. We've got a number of people who are have very experienced. This is technically my first con as a chair. I've worked many cons. I've worked many cons every year, in various different fashions. But I've never run one before, so I'm I'm learning this year as well.
0: So did you take uh, family leave to do this? Seasons, <laughs> I
2: think. So he's, he's he's been there, done that, and uh, so many of the other people working on the Concom, which is the Convention Committee. Uh, have also run conventions themselves, so we've got a lot of experience here to to bring to bear. Um, and really, it's a lot of different levels of expertise. Uh, each of the different roles has a very different skill set. Uh, so, getting the guests in, you've got to be, uh, you've got to figure out who to bring. You've got to reach out and find out if they're available and interested. Uh, we've got to offer them the the package. Uh, guests of honor are people we honor, so they're not just people who show up and we do things and say, yay, um, you know, we fly them out or, uh, you know, make sure they get there. We, we get them in a hotel for the, the weekend. You know, we cover all of that. So there's a, there's a lot of financial component to this. The treasurer's job or the banker's job, depending on the group, is a huge effort, um, especially with Westacon last year, which was a, a regional convention. So it's the same thing, but bigger. Um, that, was, that was huge the uh the other aspect you've got somebody that needs to run programming um which is a a a huge uh tetris puzzle (laughs) um finding the people who are available and interested find out when within the weekend they're available uh what they're going to do how to to slot that uh schedule together i mean it's a huge amount of work there but there's a lot of other stuff that most people won't think about you know there's a registration team there's a publications team uh there's uh the con suite one of the biggest things that um people who only know big conventions you know the phoenix comic-con type thing they just want to know about is the con suite which is a, a room we book in the hotel and staff throughout the weekend where you can go in and eat something for free uh i mean this isn't you know five-star cuisine it's, it's there to keep you sustained uh, but it's still good stuff. And the people who run that have got a huge amount of logistics to do. They've got to go get all the food. They've got to make sure they separate everything out so people don't, you know, with peanut allergies, don't go to this bit, you know, uh-huh. and, uh, and keep people uh, throughout the weekend. The, the con suite's the place you go to meet the people you didn't know you needed to meet. Um, you've got a dealer's room trying to organize that, handle uh, applications from Uh, Dealers uh, Make sure that the room is varied so we don't have, you know, 10 booksellers or 10 jewelry sellers. Uh, Get all the payments in. I mean, there's so many different areas uh, that need completely different skill sets. And that's before we even hit publicity, which is the biggest thing. It's so hard to get the word out nowadays uh, when you've got, you know, some really huge cons that have big budgets and can uh, swamp the media with uh, all of... What they do, uh, we don't have a huge budget, so we've got to find ways to get our name out there, and especially on year one, let everybody know that CocoCon's happening, what it is, why it might be a good idea for you to go, uh, what we've got to offer, all of that sort of stuff. That's a, that's a huge job all in itself
1: how long did it take to put this all together I mean just just what you shared right now it's there's so many nuts and bolts and different pieces in order to make something like you know it's it's a little machine in order for it to operate right how long did it take to to plan this I mean and uh, are you already looking to uh, 2019
2: Uh, we are already looking at 2019 we have the hotel ready to go Uh, I believe the contract is signed same weekend 2019 uh, we haven't done uh, much in the detail work because we want to get this year out of the way make sure it's successful. Uh, it's got to be successful for year two to happen. Um, one of the things we're aiming at with CocoCon is for a, a, a level of consistency. If you look uh, a couple of hours south at Tucson, there's a long-running science fiction fantasy convention there called Tuscon. And they've had the same chair since, uh, oh, wow, somewhere in the 70s, I think. Like Good yeah, she's she's run it every year. Uh, the team that put it together, the concom, are generally the same people. It's changed a little over time, but, you know, it's a very consistent group. So each person really knows their stuff for the job they're doing. And that means they can put on a very consistent event year to year. As soon as one event's up, they can sell memberships to the next uh, year's event at, at the con, you know, on the mm. last day. Uh, and a lot of people sign up because they know that if they enjoy this year, they're going to enjoy next year. It'll be different guests, maybe a right. different event. It'll be mixed up. But, uh, you know, they, they know what to expect. Well, we don't really have that in Phoenix. Uh, we have a model where we tend to elect new chairs every year to run the same conventions, So we reinvent a lot of wheels. Sometimes we reinvent some square wheels. And, you know, things sometimes work fantastically, things don't always work fantastically. So what we wanted to do with Coca-Cola is bring in some of that consistency and, and have people who are going to run these departments year on year uh, and hopefully um, give them the freedom to do their job right, um, to learn the things they don't know. Hopefully they know most things already, uh, but uh, really get to, to you know, terms with all the details of the job, all the little things, uh, the tricks of the trade, and just roll with it. Uh, so they can roll straight into next year. As soon as this year is finished, they, they can be setting up next year, and we'll be up and running with a year to go. Uh, we started this one, well, it's, it's been a year. Uh, we launched at Tuscan last year, which is November, and uh, we, we'd been working for a few months before that.
0: So tell us uh, some of the details as far as you still have memberships available, and how much does that cost?
2: <clears throat> yeah, memberships uh, are available, uh, and that's uh, $50 at the moment. It won't go up again until the convention, but it will go up at the convention. It'll be $60 there. Uh, you can purchase memberships online at our website uh, through PayPal uh, using credit card, debit card, whatever you like. You can also send us a check through the mail. Oh, I should mention uh, children. Uh, so that's an adult membership. That's a full four-day adult membership. Uh, so it's just over $10 a day, which is a heck of a bargain, I think. Uh, children are half price. Uh, adults are 12 plus. Children are 7 to 12. And kids in tow, which is uh, kids under 7, are free, though they are limited to 2 per adult member. What if people right. wanted to... Oh, go ahead, so We're going to cap at 500 so you want to make sure you get your membership. Uh, this is a, a small, traditional, local sci-fi convention, so we don't want it to have 100,000 people, not that we would anyway, <laughs> but uh, we're capping at 500 to keep it small and intimate and friendly.
1: Right. So what if people wanted to volunteer? Because uh, I know that some small cons, they're always looking for people to help volunteer, you know, direct them, uh, like, where do I find this one particular panel? Oh, you need to go to this particular place here. So uh, is coca Con also looking for, like, people to volunteer in that respect?
2: Always. <laughs> um, Are we, we asking the right questions? <laughs> already. Uh, but we're always looking for more. Uh, and there is a form on the website. Just go to the volunteers page, fill out the form, and uh, we'll, we will be in touch.
1: Fantastic. So uh, you've already mentioned the website, but for anybody who doesn't know, where can they learn more about CocoCon? I mean, uh, obviously there's got to be some kind of a social media presence because that's, that's a great way to get the word out and do it for cheap. Uh, if not for free, so uh, what are some of the ways that people can learn more about CocoCon, uh, you know, be it websites, any place on the interwebs, social media, etc.?
2: Sure, we have a website. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll lose my voice for a moment. Um, we have a website up. It's CocoCon.org. That's dot org. Uh, everything that's announced is listed there. Uh, we've got a couple of things we're going to add this weekend, especially on the programming side. There's a programming page that lists a whole bunch of special events. Uh, we haven't got the comedy uh, show on there yet. We'll be adding that this weekend. We have a nerdy and naughty comedy show.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be
2: the evening on September the 1st. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other events on there. The programming grid will go live over the next week. That will detail all the panels we have. Uh, which will run the gamut, science, art, uh, authors, you know, you name it, children's uh, panels, workshops, all of that will go live over the next week. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're actually in a number of places, but the easiest bet is to find CocoCon. That's C-O-K-O-C-O-N. And on Twitter, we are CocoCon1. Apparently, there's already a... Another Cocoa con somewhere. So How dare they?
0: <laughs> Interesting. All right. Well, this has really been very informative. Anything- yeah, and I'm actually finding myself yeah. – I'm, I'm
1: kind of looking forward to it I'm, because it's yeah. some of the, the – like, like you mentioned, you know, the Nerdy and Naughty you know comedy show. And, and, and me, I love a good con party. I, I haven't been to one of those in a long time, so it's really refreshing to hear that Coca-Cola is going to be bringing that. So thank you for sharing uh, some of that with us. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it now. Yeah. Anything else that you want to say about the
0: con or that people uh, should know?
2: Uh, well, i keep going forever, but I'll try to keep it really quick. <laughs> I'll be running a party, actually, uh, for uh, Arizona Fandom. Uh, it's turns out, and this was never designed, but it turns out we're going to be the 40th anniversary of our one and only Worldcon. We ran Worldcon in 1978, and I'll be running uh, on exactly the same weekend that we have. Far out. So I'm going to host a, an IguanaCon 2 party at uh, CocoCon. So anybody that was at Iggy, uh, and I'm sure if they were, they remember it very, very well. It was a very memorable event. Uh, come on out to the party. We'll have all sorts of stuff there uh, to... to uh, spark your memories and uh, should be really good conversation. There will be other parties as well. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much happening. The best thing I think to, to end is uh, for anybody that doesn't know the small cons, um, you know, if you've been to a Phoenix Comic Con and, and you've experienced 100,000 people mass, um, you're expecting a lot of everything and you're expecting to not have much time to do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this is a small con and the small cons are sort of like the opposite. We have a lot less things to offer we still have a lot but you're not going to get a vendor hall the size of Comic Con uh, you're not going to get the amount of guests that you have at a Comic Con but you get the opportunity to spend quality time with them right. um, you know, pretty much every small con I go to I end up talking to one of the guests for an hour at a time right. um, and you know, to be able to talk to somebody like Steve Rude, who will be live painting throughout the event wow. uh, in the art show uh, talk to somebody like Harry, uh, and just have a conversation. It's it's something that's truly amazing. Uh, I love Phoenix Comic Con. I've been there every year. I do panels there, but all of my best convention memories come from small cons mm-hmm. because it's that personal touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get these great connections to people that you wouldn't get at a at a, a gate show, where you get your 30 seconds to get a selfie and say hello and squee. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had those. <laughs> yeah, kind of disappointing. Well, yeah. and, and those are fine, you know. But uh, you know, it's a different experience. It's a much more relaxed experience. You get time to talk to anybody you need to talk to, up until, uh, up to, and including the guests. Often in a very social environment like the con suite, where you can sit down, eat some free food. Uh, get your, uh, your blood sugar back up, and chat with whoever happens to be there, uh, who is usually going to be somebody really interesting.
0: Right. Excellent. Well, great. This has been a really great uh, informational uh, topic. Thank you so much for being with us yes. this time.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Hey, everybody. Jason Carney here, Phoenix Film Festival. You want to know about movies, you want to know about anything in the geek world, you're listening to The Two Gay Geeks
0: and here's a few selected birthdays for august 6th through august 12th 2018 august the 6th andy warhol who's uh i, I was reading up on him and oh my god some of his uh, stuff is the most expensive art in the world the warhol art yeah One piece went for $200 million. Which piece was that? I don't don't recall what it was, but it was just like, oh my God. I mean,
1: because we see the standard Warhol work, which is like six... Six different representations of the same picture, just different color schemes. Well, that's the popular thing.
0: That's the, that's, you know, that was the soup cans, but that was in the 60s. I mean, he did a lot of other things. Anyway, I don't know if I've seen his other work. Yeah, just a really interesting individual. Very strange. He's also the one that came up with the 15 minutes of fame. Everybody
1: who 15 minutes of fame, yeah.
0: So, also on August 6th, Lucille Ball and Johann Bernoulli. Johann Bernoulli was. Uh, A mathematician who kind of helped in the furtherance of calculus. Mm -hmm. So a very controversial individual, too. (laughs) And (laughs) he's the (laughs) reason for
1: many headaches in
0: high school. (laughs) Exactly. August the 7th, Carl Alfalfa Switzer. Alfalfa from the... uh, No! Seriously, yes. Really?
1: That's his name? Yes.
0: Yes. And... As I was looking down through the, uh, the the photos that were on this page mm-hmm. that I get the birthdays from, do you know the picture that is in there for Carl Alfalfa Switzer, normally you see him as the Our Gang. Right, uh, the whole Little Rascals little, thing. Little Rascals, the, the kid. But his adult picture is the picture that they use in White Christmas for Benny the Dog Face Boy. No kidding. Yes. Wow.
1: Seriously. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I would have thought that something like out of um, it's, a, you know, it's a Wonderful Life. I, I don't know. It was really weird Far when out. I ran across. That's the, not just, the most flattering I just, photo. You I know, know. I just had to put that in there because it was so weird. You know, and, you know, and I hate to say this, but, but how did Carl feel when he saw, oh, so they're using that photo. Surprisingly,
0: to make, though, he died just a couple of years later. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, that was interesting. A real, so, tragic yeah. death, too. Also on August 7th, Charlize Theron and David Duchovny. August the 8th, Dino De Laurentiis, Robin Quivers. Howard Stern, Fame, And Alfred Molina and Roger Penrose, who uh, worked with Stephen Hawking. He was uh, mm-hmm. a noted physicist. Yes, I can say that. And Terry Nation uh, to I mean, finish we... off August the 8th. Right. August 9th, Eric Banya and... The other Uh, half of X-Files. And the other half of X-Files, Gillian Anderson. No kidding. So I bet it was an interesting week on the set. Uh, Oh, (laughs) You know, you know that they, they were, were making, filming in August.
1: Yeah, you know they were saying some really strange things there about the connection between the two.
0: Yeah, and also on uh, August the 9th was P.L. Travers of Mary Poppins Mary fame. Mary Poppins, yes, she was not happy <laughs> with the, the Disney Mary Poppins. And it wasn't till way after she died that the truth <laughs> came out. And Disney got their hands on <laughs> Mary Poppins again. Yeah, true. So, and also on August the 9th, I just had to put this one in here because because the name is so unusual, Victor Vroom. 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 He was. Vroom. He was a, a, a psychologist in a university. I, I don't know what he did. I didn't look him up. But no, you it, couldn't get past Victor, the name, Victor Vroom. You, you stopped it. You stopped vroom, right Vroom.
1: Vroom. vroom. I'm going to take off.
0: August the 10th, Ian Anderson. Uh, Jethro Tile fame. Yeah. Well, this is a different Ian, Ian Anderson. Oh, I'm no, talking... I'm
1: you, uh, really? <laughs> no,
0: just, De- just teasing yeah. <laughs> and also on August 10th, Eddie Fisher. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Fisher's father. And Alexander Glazunov, who was—I uh, know that name—a composer, ah, and yes. actually one of his uh, more famous pupils was uh, Dmitri Shostakovich. Okay, and uh, Glazunov wrote a, a bunch of—he worked on a bunch of things. His actual compositions, I don't recall that I've heard any of, but he worked on a lot of uh, with rumsky korsakov doing some orchestrations and. Uh, things like that mm. for other composers. Also on August 10th, good friend of ours, Lee Whiteside. I see him at CocoCon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. August 11th, Chris Hemsworth. Thor. Ian McDiarmid. The Emperor. And Steve Wozniak. The other half of the Apple. Yes. And also good friend, Charles Coppinger. Rest Who in peace, Charlie. A of years ago. Yeah, yeah. Former roommate of mine. Yeah. Great guy. Really, yeah. I miss him. Yeah. Really odd thing that we saw him the day that he died. Yeah. So we saw him at, at Costco just a couple of
1: hours Just before a couple he of dies. hours before he went to the hospital and wow, died. Yeah, yeah, it was very really, sad.
0: That was really strange. But it was good to see him.
1: It was great to have that last it, moment. Because it,
0: it had been a while since we had seen him. Mm-hmm. August the twelfth, Jane Wyatt, Fox mother. Yes, yes that's what she's going to be remembered for. <laughs> yes, exactly. Instead of Father Knows Best, <laughs> exactly. And Sam J. Jones, Flash Gordon, uh, Flash, uh, and John Nathan Turner, Former and producer of Doctor Who. Yes, and also my cousin's daughter Larissa Falconberry. Happy birthday, Larissa! And that's it for the birthdays this time. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk?
2: It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, well, I think that goes without saying.
2: I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do.
1: Wait, 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 There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh,
2: what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing. Usually it's pretty nerdy.
1: Nerd!
0: And then there are the drop-ins. It was the whole world gone crazy! We a listen to our friends T. Morris and Philippa over at the shared desk. And now, it's everybody's favorite time of the show. It's time for the feedback. Yes. Listener feedback. Feedback. Reader of,
1: feedback. Read viewer feedback. feedback. Viewer feedback. Viewer. 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 Viewer? Not fewer. Viewer. Viewer. Viewer feedback. as in people reading or viewing the content. I see. Okay. Yes. So, get that finger off the mixer, thank you. So, starting off with news sushi, morsels of news from Japan and beyond. Issue number 20, uh, Hamish interviewed Michael Chan... And Michael, I only included this because Michael was really excited at this. He says, Huge news! I was interviewed by the incredibly talented Hamish Downey for his new sushi column over at TG Squared Studios. I highly recommend you to follow his work and you and also encourage you to watch his films like an American piano. It was the the fact that he was so excited about it that I had to include it. So then moving to episode one hundred seventy nine, got a comment from Arkel, and this is in regards to the Teen Titans trailer that we ran for the new um, Warner Brothers streaming service. And he said, who boy, remember a few episodes back when I mentioned that recently developed bit of internet parlance to edgy 5U? <laughs> well, here we are again. And of course, from DC. How is Warner Brothers so bad at this? I am I get not simply wanting to copy Marvel, although Marvel and DC have literally been copying each other for decades. Now, in fairness, I can think of one way Titans could still work if this whole dark and edgy thing is something these teen heroes learn to grow out of in order to ultimately win the day and the trailer's outright lying about the whole season's general tone. I'm not exactly holding my breath on that one, though. And Arco, for what it's worth, I thought exactly the same thing, and my result, my conclusions are the same as yours. Oh my gosh, I think you're turning blue. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding. Uh, And then we ran a review uh, under old classics for the 1958 musical Damn Yankees. And um, for for the starting, uh, I got a comment from a good friend of mine, Eric Young. And he simply writes, those were the good old days. And then Jackie Taron Rankle, she says, you got to have heart. Okay, I'm going to explain those in a minute. Uh, John Eisen, friend of mine from Los Angeles, he says, thank you for the great review. I love Dan Yankees as an old-fashioned musical comedy. Not too heavy, but just heavy enough. The pathos within Gwen Verdon's Lola are subtle but evident. As an aside, I was in my high school's production of Dan Yankees. I even had a brief speaking role as the postmaster in the courtroom scene, nifty for a soon-to-be ninth grader. So, John so was I. I didn't have that part. I had a different little walk on part. And that's why I had to include Eric and Jackie's comments because we were all in the same high school production. We were <laughs> all freshmen <laughs> at the G- Granada High School at that time. So that's why How I included about them. that. Yes. And they got a comment from my mother. Mom says, My old time favorite musical, You Gotta Have Heart, is my favorite song along with Those Were the Good Old Days. My go to movie if I feel slightly depressed. And then lastly, Hamish Downey says, This sounds like a real hidden gem of a movie. I know whatever Lola wants from the Verve recording. Maybe Bill Holiday? Not. Mm-hmm. not it wasn't Billie Holiday, though. Um, gosh, I didn't write down who, who actually said it. Oh, wow. It was somebody else who recorded it. But, yeah, that's the feedback for this time and lots of good comments from uh, for Damn Yankees. Yeah, that's pretty cool. We want to hear from you, our listeners.
0: You are important to us. We want to hear what you think about... Mm-hmm what we say on this podcast, if you like the podcast, if you don't like the podcast, if you have a suggestion, not that we'll listen, but we might. You never know. And, you know, we want to hear what you think of any of the articles that we run on the... The, mm-hmm uh the website we like the feedback we, like we the love feedback. the comments yeah we we love to hear what you say and what you think um and it's certainly you know if you have a good uh suggestion we will certainly, hey, we'll certainly hey, take it hey, you uh, never know take it for advice you can comment on our facebook page you can like our page on facebook our twitter um hmm Handles. I mean, we got, oh my gosh, we got too many Twitter accounts. And we got our YouTube episodes. That's where Arkle listens to the episodes, right? Is on YouTube. And you can go to tggeeks.com and you can comment on the episode. You can comment on the articles.
1: We are also on Instagram,
0: Instagram, too. Instagram, Instagram. TG TGGeeks and Two Gay Geeks. We're both there. And you can just. All of those places, you can leave us feedback. You can even call us and leave a voicemail, 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. And if you play nice, we might even play it on the air. And you can also leave
1: uh, audio feedback on Facebook. Did you know
0: that, people? Please play nice.
1: Yeah, baby. They're like two gay geeks. They're together, you know. They're two
0: gay guys and they're geeks. Is that Okay.
1: hmm Very nice. Yes. Okay, second segment. Got a number of things we want to touch on really quickly. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> a number? A lot. Just a lot of stuff. We got a lot of just stuff. We got a cover. stuff. <laughs> Um, okay, so for anybody that's really interested in film festivals, I kind of want to bring this up because we had a pizza delivery guy who came by the house a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, we gave him a card. We gave and- him a card. He was new. <laughs> new to the Valley. New to the Valley, and he was looking for nerdy, geeky stuff, and he loved film festivals. So and- we told him about Phoenix Film Festival. Yeah,
0: and we were in the Apple Store, and we gave him a card. gave the guy a card to, yeah. to fix your Mac. And oh, that's right. I mean, it's like. You'd never know where you're going to run into geeky, nerdy people. Yeah, and uh, the Phoenix Film Festival is a haven. Oh, my gosh. And it is 10 days. 10 10 solid days
1: of film. If you are a film nerd, this is it. And it's not just independent films. Sometimes they'll also bring in some big commercial films from years past. But this place is a haven for for film nerds, uh, the biggest type. April 4th through the 14th. 2019, at the uh, Harkins Scottsdale 101, aka the Seneca Pre. And there's also the Peoria Film Festival. It's a
0: new arm, a new sh- offshoot of uh, the Phoenix Film Festival. It's run by the Phoenix Film Foundation, but uh, Peoria Film Festival.
1: It's running for the from the nineteenth through the twenty first, twenty nineteen, at the Harkins Arrowhead 2018, Fountains. Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. It says twenty nineteen. I know. I put that in there. Sorry. you were just trying that to trick was me, up. me. Yes, I was, mm-hmm. so I could correct you. Oh, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the game is played. Yes. Okay. Now I see you know.
0: That. It's all to make you look good. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I can look
1: good. <laughs> and moving on, uh, you know, we're really proud of Patricia Chica. Absolutely. Uh, she has been selected by the Toronto International Film Festival for their Filmmaker Lab. Which is kind of a mentoring session.
0: Uh, they they choose 20 uh, filmmakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have hundreds of filmmakers that... Uh, uh, Ap- apply for this thing, and they choose. Obviously, 20. they picked her because they like what she's been oh, doing. Oh my gosh, she, she is so talented, and we love Patricia.
1: I uh, mean, love obviously. her to death. But uh, <laughs> her independent shorts are just mind-blowingly some awesome. Of the most incredible things, you very can artistic, incredible, uh, incredible imagery. Yeah, fabulous so stuff.
0: Check out some of Patricia's <laughs> stuff. We've got uh, a number of articles oh. of fish. Uh, Feature Patricia, so mm-hmm. just go to the website and type in the search uh, "Patricia Chica" and there right. will
1: be a number of things come up. Absolutely, uh, and we're also very happy that a TV show is that got kind of canceled before its time on Fox is coming back on Netflix, and that's Lucifer. Lucifer that ended on one Lucifer, dinker Lucifer. of a cliffhanger. Oh my lord. So, yahoo, we're getting it back and a full it's it's going to be a full season run. Oh wow, I didn't know that. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, I believe it's a full season run. Oh
0: wow, that's cool.
1: Yeah, of course, and the beautiful thing about it on Netflix is we're going to get it all at once. Ooh, yay. Yeah. That would be fun. And speaking of wrap-ups, a show that Keith and I, we came into this one late, but holy moly, did we love it. Oh, my gosh. Timeless. Oh, my. NBC, this is the show that will not die, despite (laughs) the fact that NBC keeps trying to kill it. It's time has not run out yet. I know. It's it's timeless. (laughs) They canceled it after season one. The fans screamed. It came back for season two for a shorter run and ended on another stinker of a cliffhanger. And now NBC has agreed To give it a wrap-up. A wrap-up, yes. A two-hour (laughs) wrap-up. A wrap-up. Yeah. That's what I had written there. Yeah, I saw that. A wrap, yeah. (laughs) I ignored it. Yes, I noticed. (laughs) So, uh, yes, we're very happy The Timeless is coming back, and the entire cast is coming back for that, too. So, fantastic. So, now we have a reason to actually watch the last episode, which we've been putting off. And then uh, Daredevil, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this. Daredevil's coming back for season three. Not surprising, and I mean, I don't know if I would say it's the strongest of the individual um, uh, Defender series, but wow, you know, how, I think it's a great show. I, I'm really happy about it. There was also some really inc- exciting news about Black Panther. It has surpassed the seven hundred million dollar domestic box office mark. Yes, so it holy makes
0: it cow, the third highest grossing movie ever at domestic box office. The top two are Star Wars: Force Awakens at nine hundred thirty nine point six million. I am not surprised. And Avatar at seven hundred sixty million. So, I'm surprised
1: it hasn't beaten Avatar yet. I am too. I I think it probably will. Yeah. Well, so, I, I mean, be that as it may, Disney's not going to care. They certainly have their teeth in both. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, there was some interesting news about Sir Patrick Stewart. This has been kind of bandied about, but I guess the official word just came down uh, hours before this recording, and that is he has been uh, cast to play Captain Picard again for another Star Trek series about the life of Captain Picard. Yeah. And this will be on CBS All Access. Unfortunately. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, well. And a paywall. But yeah, but, you know, the fact that Patrick know. Stewart is going to be in it, it might be, that might be to, enough to, to motivate me to get a subscription. Yeah. Got to wait and see. Yeah. I
2: we'll
1: uh, have a bunch of Star Trek novels that are coming out, including uh, one from the original series that has to do with the Ontario's Maelstrom. Yeah, That should be fun, yeah. as well as uh, one called Available Light. That's a, that's a TNG. That, yes, that's a next generation story. Uh, I don't know much about those, but those were announced. So for people who really like the, the non-canon Star Trek novels, those are there. And then Mission Impossible, uh, which we have a review for, uh, that has apparently been the box office winner for a second week in a row. And we are talking what, about... They're projecting it, I think. Uh, it, there's was, a good chance. There's nothing yeah. else outright now to well, challenge it. Christopher Robin, but I don't think that that's even a challenge. I don't, to no, Impossible. I don't think Christopher Robinson's... No, because um, how can you beat Henry Cavill and you know, with his arms? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Henry Cavill's arms, I mean, that's what's doing it. Everybody's screaming about that scene. And then, lastly, a little tribute to Michael Armentage, our pod father, has moved. Yes, he has moved to Las Vegas. I mean, he says that he's going to be back a lot because they got a lot of friends here. Yeah, you know, I'm, we're getting more friends up in Vegas now. All of a sudden, I know
0: it's amazing. So we want to. We would. Want to say thanks to Mike because he kind of got me into the podcasting business. I mean, you were already—I was doing, already
1: involved in podcasting uh, at with the time. Fusion Patrol, but you yeah. really got immersed in it. Uh, but then Slice just—Slice Slice was yeah. where I had—you know—that's where I was kind of like putting on my eggs. Uh, and then
0: when that kind of did its thing and and was no more as far as that incarnation of it. Uh, you were kind of wanting uh, something, wanting to something. Do. I knew you wanted to do something yeah because you you were kind of moping around about it and kind of saying something and and then all of a sudden I said, "Well, why, why don't we, we do, we do this? this?" Yeah and came up with TG geeks so the two it's, games.
1: It's, yeah, it, it's been fantastic, and uh, you know, I would recommend uh, check out our interview with Mike R- Me- yeah. Michael Meningay. Yeah, that he, was the New Year's Day. Episode. That was our New Year's Day episode, and he said some really, really kind things about yeah. us. So, thank you, Mike. Uh, we love you, love you, and Lori, his wife. So, we hope to see you again very soon in the near future. Absolutely,
0: and I want to take a moment. Normally, after our second segment, we play the PSA by, with Daniel Radcliffe for the Trevor Project. And I want to take a moment and talk about mental health awareness and suicide prevention. This is a big deal. It's not only in the LGBTQ community. Just but the world in general. The now. world in general. Um, it, 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 there is a reason. It gets better. There's, it, please, please, if you have a, a, a problem, a mental health problem, seek, seek some advice. Mm-hmm. Call somebody. Call one of the suicide prevention hotlines. Call the Trevor Project if you're LGBTQ. Call and and set up an appointment with a a therapist for you know if you have other issues. Please, please, please. It's it's not it's not the end of the world. Mm, Now there there's also we also have a uh, the very top widget on our website at tggeeks.com. Please go there. There's a little link that says, if your world is spinning out of control, click on that link and read down through that. I mean, there's some really good advice uh, in there that take a look at, at things that are going on with you. There's a lot of questions there. You know, check it out. Mm-hmm. And and if nothing else, call one of the the phone numbers that we have there
1: yeah and i want to emphasize uh, just uh quickly touch on something else and that is just because you maybe for a period of time feel like that you're you know that everything's going great for you you know you feel mentally strong mentally capable hey everybody is going to have a crash at one point or another and if at that point you feel like your life is spinning out of control just because you had a, a period of strength and health at one time does not make you less of a human being so yep, exactly. If, if that happens, you know, these resources are still there and available for you. Yep.
2: I'm Daniel Ratcliffe, and I believe that reaching out for help is the bravest thing a person can do. If you are struggling and need support, call the Trevor Lifeline at 1-866-488-7386. It's free and confidential, and trained counselors are there to listen 24-7 without judgment. To learn more about The Trevor Project's life-saving work for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning young people, go to Trevorproject.org.
1: And... Wow. That's, uh...
0: That's... I,
1: I love that sound. It's, it's really just, Wow. Yeah. How can you go wrong with a theremin? Exactly.
0: We've got uh, uh, kind of a wrap-up of what we covered on the website last week. We you were know? busy. Yeah, we were Holy busy. Moly. And for those that only listen to the podcast, go to our, po- our website, tggeeks.com. There's lots of, lot of stuff there. different things. We've yes. a lot of stuff. Uh, restaurant reviews and movie reviews. And yeah, now we're and into restaurant TV reviews, too. TV reviews. And TV uh, shoes. TV shoes? Yeah, yeah, TV shoes. Uh, so, I was so, hoping you wouldn't notice
1: that. <laughs> yes. So it, it's just, just let me put on my TV shoes. Hey, it's just more of me <laughs> trying to make you look good. So on Sunday, July 29th, we had issue number seven of Dr. Zombie, family, Monster Family Physician. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Tommy Cannon said he, that was a personal favorite of yeah. his. Check out Dr. Zombie. He's oh, it's, uh, it's it's some cute.
0: Cool. There's some cool cartoons. It there. really is. Yeah.
1: And then on Monday, July thirtieth, we had episode one eighty of TG Geeks. Holy cow, one eighty! Yep, man, one eighty. We also this had... is one eighty one. Yeah, I know. And then there was a Mission Impossible Fallout spoiler free review, and then there is a restaurant review. Welcome, diner. We'll have you saying thank you. On Tuesday, the 31st, had a review for Three, and Eye for an Eye. It lets you see things differently. And then there's a press release for With a Kiss, I Die, a film by Ronnie Khalil. And we're going to have an interview, have an interview with, him with him fairly soon. Up, uh, later this month. And then on Wednesday, August 1st, Old Classics Newly Reviewed from 1937, Topper. That's from Jeannie Koch. We also had that same day a PSA for mental health awareness, and we have to, special thanks to Hamish Downey. Yeah, a friend of
0: his uh, wrote a little speech, and she it was transcribed and sent to us.
1: Yes. And on that same day, there was the press release for the Toronto International Film Festival Filmmaker Lab, How It Taps Patricia Chica, to be part of their workshop. On Thursday, August 2nd, there's a review for The Spy Who Dumped Me, female comedy at its best. Also, a review for The Life and Art of McQueen, and that's, he's a fashion designer. for Alexander Freeman, McQueen. Alexander yep. McQueen. And then a review for Christopher Robin, How It's Perfect for the Child in All of Us. On Friday, August 3rd, issue number 22 of News Sushi, Morsels of News from Japan and Beyond. And then another review, Not Enough Love for Brotherly Love. And then lastly, another review. It's one of Rose reviews, Missing the Mark, The Darkest Minds. And on Saturday, August 4th, A Social Saturday. It was a recap of many of the social Saturdays that we've covered over the last several
0: months. Yeah. You can find all these things at tggeeks.com as well as entries on our Facebook page. Please visit both places, comment, and like those articles. Thank you very much. And, of course, we always have some follow-up items. Check out the widgets on the right-hand side of the page. There's a new one there. If you sign up for an Amazon business account, it's free right now. Oh, no so, kidding. That's nice. Uh, check it out. We also have some widgets for uh, Beth Cato's Roar of Sky, a pre-order. That's the the third in the Blood of Earth series, and a pre- and an a, an order, order. Uh, for The Last Sun as but well. But you as, can do a pre order for the next book, <laughs> exactly, the Hanged, the Man Hanged Man by Katie Edwards. Uh, yes, and as well as a number of other books and products on the right hand side. as And at the bottom of each article, you can check out uh, all of our Amazon ads there. We're supporters of Arizona Opera and hope you, you will be too. Their next season begins in October. Oh my gosh, there is I'm some so wonderful, excited. wonderful stuff, beginning with the uh, tango opera, oh, Maria de Buenos Aires. I'm really, I'm really looking, really forward, looking to forward to that. I can't wait for that because a, a friend of
1: ours, uh, John de los Santos, yes.
0: is the choreographer for that. So It'll if, be
1: great to see him, but I'm yeah. really excited to see his work. I've seen some of it already, and it's amazing. Yep. And
0: everybody knows we're huge supporters of independent creators, whether they're filmmakers, comic book artists, writers, or others please consider supporting independent creators buy their stuff Mm -hmm. comment on it you know just tell everybody about it and buy their stuff yeah
1: (laughs) special shout outs to doctor who talking who on twitter michael c burgess on twitter human arkel on twitter they all publish Paper Lee's or Paper.Lee's, and Doctor Who Talking Who's is the Doctor Who fancast guide. You can find it at Talking Who. Michael C. Burgess's is the Byronick Semidernal Aggregator. You can find it on Twitter at Byronick. That's B-Y-R-O-N-I-K. And the Human Arkles is the Arkle Times Post Dispatch News. This is a- at A-R-K-L-E on Twitter. They all republish our content on a regular basis, and of course, Arkle also has his incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes, which we Highly recommend, but do it at home. Yeah. And then, uh, also, lastly, a gr- well, lastly for me, a great big shout out to the Facebook group, the Gay Geek, for allowing us to post both episodes and relevant stories and articles on their page the url is com slash groups slash the gay geek with a special 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 most heartfelt thanks to moderator jeremiah reeves for granting us permission to post our content there yes thank you jeremiah you don't even have
0: to be gay to be part of the gay geek group.
1: no it's it's a private group so you yes. need to sign up but as long as they see that you're willing to play nice exactly. hey they'll approve you hey and there's some really cool stuff that's wow. posted wow great
0: yeah. stuff and great artwork too yeah Thank you to everybody that has clicked on our Amazon ads. We may actually we might get, paid get a one day. check next month. We are $0.32 cents from being Just able 32 to get cents. paid. Just $0.32? Wow. Yeah. I mean, you have to make $10. And over the last four years... We've almost made ten dollars, but we just start, recently started using the Amazon ads. Wow, so. we could
1: actually buy a used movie at the you know in in, uh, yeah. in a used movie bin. Exactly. So thank you to
0: everybody. Please click on those ads. It, it doesn't cost anything to do that. And lastly, we are now on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify, The Two Gay Geeks, and you can find us on Krypton Radio at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on Tuesdays. And please go to our iTunes channel, rate us and review review us. And also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Up next week, I can't remember what I put in the the list, but we've got some really interesting uh, interviews coming up for uh, the next couple of weeks. We've got uh, holy uh, cow! We've got a uh, an author uh, agent, uh, an agent uh, for authors, and we've got um, oh Scott Ruffgarden Scott from, Ruff Honey, Honey from, from Honey Bubbles. Yeah, yes. And Then I think we have Ronnie Khalil that's uh, coming up at the I, end of the month. I'm wondering,
1: is it Peter Cotran?
0: Oh, and maybe Peter Codron. Might be him. Great author. Yeah, there's, I mean, we got those in the can. If, uh, obviously some things can kind of shuffle around depending on if somebody's got something released right away, but we definitely have uh, some interesting interviews coming up. So Mm -hmm. check it out. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for this webcast episode. We're going to have several links on the page of things we talked about. And remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, TGGeeks.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 469 TG Geeks. That is 469-844-3357 from TG Squared Studios. I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to yourself and those around you. Peace. Cheers. we